0: My, my history has been always um, stage managing for the broadcast. So I would stand next to, um, to Chase and um, Bill or to, um, to Bill and Sean and Tanya and help manage that stage, make sure they have the information they need, go get the backstories from the athletes, um, and then just make sure that that they have what they need and everything set up well. Um, And then in 2019, when the media team was fired or let go or changed by CrossFit, um, everything just was super different. So I worked um, as an assistant publisher, right? um, With the director of media, who was Jonathan Haynes at that time, which was a cool leadership position for me because there was nobody there. There was only like eight people on staff there. Um, And I got to actually hire a couple of my friends who still work for, work for crossfit now um so that was what i did in 2019 um i set up their discord server which was really uh, a passion of mine i love people being able to communicate and the and the the media outlets having a place where they can communicate with each other i don't know if you guys are on that that discord yeah. server that was but whole- that was
1: hi my name is scott Schweitzer, and i am the cloudsdale my friends amy radowski charlie yoti cat sheer love fitness as a sport as much as i do we are all 40 plus masters age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy active life we also want to bring you athlete interviews human interest stories and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness if you like what you hear consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review we are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore Fitness and Friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. RX Mark your jump ropes, the best jump ropes in the business our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Smart Gear Jump Ropes by going to com. At checkout, use Clydesdale 15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles, you can make those, whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxsmartgear.com use Clydesdale 15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions. but check that out. Uh, It's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel Clydesdale fitness and friends podcast, and you have a public profile. Every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mercure Jump Rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile and you may be our next winner. Hey, everyone. I got a secret to tell you. There's this really cool company out there called Element26. We have partnered with them um, and they have some of the coolest equipment on the market for us CrossFitters, lifters, um, strongmen. So one of the products they have is thumb tape. It is like the best thumb tape on the market. It is flexible and it moves with you um, and it is very tacky and sticky. So great thumb tape. Another one of the products that I use and I love are their grips. They are chalkless grips. They are rubberized. And I'm a Clydesdale, right? I'm big. This helps me stick to the bar. I don't move. I can hang for a very long time as a big man with these on my hands. Uh, Great for farmer's carries. Um, Even My hands are big enough. I can even use these on a barbell if I want a deadlift. Just saying. No chalk. Super sticky. Gotta love them. Uh, Their website is element26.co. That is element26.co. Go check them out. So many cool products. We're going to keep showing you what they have over the next few weeks, but you have got to check this place out because they are constantly innovating um, and see what they have to offer. Um, Little hint, check out the belts. They got a really cool concept with the belts. Um, You know that Velcro that always pops? They have a solution. So go check that out. element26.co. element26.co. All right. So we are the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am the host. I'm the Clydesdale. I have with me, with me my co-host, Kat Shear,
0: Hello. and
1: our very special friend, Kristen Chandler. Hey, Kristen. Huh?
0: Hi there. Happy to be on.
1: Yeah, we're excited to have you. For those of you who don't know, Kristen is the director of media for Loud and Live. Um, that's how I got to know her last year. Um, She is awesome at what she does. And if you didn't see, she was recently named one of the 14 most influential women in CrossFit. So congratulations on that.
0: Thanks. Can I correct you a little bit? Sure. So my title is Director of Communications for Loud and Live Sports, which um, is just an important distinction for me because Loud and Live is a big organization. We have marketing, entertainment, and sports, and I get to lead the communications for the sports division, which is really fun for me.
1: I, was, I actually was going to say that, and I stopped myself like, do I know that for a fact? And so that's why I left it off so perfect that you, can, you
2: corrected us. All okay. good. We, we correct each other constantly on the show, so it's, it's welcome. Cool.
1: So the first thing I want to ask you is, is how you found CrossFit.
0: So um, back in 2007, I was a young mom. I had a baby at home and I was pregnant and I needed a way to stay fit. And I wasn't ready to go to the gym yet and leave my baby in any kind of care. Um, so my husband at the time was in the military. He was in special forces and he was introduced to CrossFit. They, back then they did free um, level one certifications for military and they brought a level one course to his unit and he was introduced to it then and he showed me uh main site and so I was a stay-at-home mom uh, checked out the crossfit.com website and I followed along checked out all those old tiny grainy videos of how to do a clean um, we had a little gym set up in our third bedroom so I taught myself things I asked um, a couple of friends of mine that had also um, taken it up and I was able to do all those workouts there in my home I would do 400 meter runs I would run out the house and do a you know, four four times 100 outside, so they get too far from the baby sleeping. Um, but that's how I found it, and that's how I continued with CrossFit for many years, just following dot com programming.
1: So you are truly an OG from the <laughs> the early days.
0: Oh, it's definitely early days, but I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you post your times and things on the website? Were you were you engaged in that manner as well?
0: Uh, No, I was too shy. I didn't feel like I knew exactly what I was doing. And of course, I scaled everything as much as possible. So I didn't do that. But I did have a little mommy blog back then. And I had a little sidebar where I would put my workouts and I had um, three or four other friends that did CrossFit and they did the same thing. So we could look at each other's time and talk about it that way.
1: So um, I think I read a story where you got into kind of this working with CrossFit by volunteering.
0: Yep, that's true. Um, so I did um, I did CrossFit from home for a long time, five years, and then I moved to Princeton, New Jersey, and I got involved with the gym there. They gave us a free membership for some reason, super generous people uh, because we were a military family, and I got encouraged to take my level one so that I could start a CrossFit kids program at that gym. Um, mm-hmm. I did that and figured out that I loved Coaching, I just, I love coaching adults and I really like coaching beginners similar to children, but a little bit better <laughs> than coaching only children all the time was coaching um, adult beginners and just helping them start their fitness journey and finding so much joy and helping people, you know, squat properly for the first time or um, lift a barbell. Uh, a lot of women that just, you know, would never approach that, but being able to teach them, I found a lot of, um, a lot of pleasure in that. Um, so I, started um, a little garage gym when I moved to the Democratic Republic of Congo. We had a big house, had an empty garage, and we had all the equipment for, um, for us to do ourselves, and I started just coaching community classes there. I lived there for about a year. Um, my best friend was also, my best friend there was also a, a CrossFit coach. and we, we worked out together as much as we could, but I found that I was just lacking the community that I loved about CrossFit and um, also it's a little isolating to live overseas like that, especially um, in Africa. It was, um, it was just difficult, and I saw an opportunity to volunteer at regionals in Madrid, so I applied to be a, a media volunteer, and Shelby Levy, who still works for CrossFit headquarters for the games and for regionals um, back then, uh, she reached out to me and said, you're in, and I said, she had like a, a go dogs thing at the bottom of her email signature. And I was like, Hey, I went to university of Georgia. And she was like, cool. Would you like a real job? And I was like, yes, I would. So uh, she made me um, what was it, a stage manager, which I had no idea what that was, but I went to Madrid from Congo paid my way um, to get there and just be with the community. Uh, luckily for me, that was the Meridian regional that year in 2016 and a lot of influential people in the sport were there. Rory McKernan, Sean um, Woodland. Um, I think that I met Tommy that that first year, but a lot of the the you know main players in the media space and CrossFit were there. So um, I I worked that first regional event, and then I was like, I'm in. This is amazing. This is exactly the community that I'm missing. So that same year, I uh, traveled to the games in Carson and volunteered for the media, actually for the broadcast team that year. And then from then on, I was kind of in.
1: That's really awesome because that's how Kat and I got our start. We started as volunteers um, and have kind of worked our way up doing a plethora of different jobs and and responsibilities at all these events. Um, So that's, I love that grassroots aspect of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's, It's super fun too, to just realize that if you just go and do a good job, you will get rewarded, you know, and and I find that at every event, I, I make so many more contacts than I, you know, I, f- I feel like I know a lot of people and then I go to an event where I've never been before. And then, you know, my dance card is just filled with all these people that I've met and these connections that I've made. It's, it's really a cool, a cool environment to be in a part of.
0: Yeah, I totally agree, um, and I do think that our sport, um, as new and young as it is, relies a lot on volunteers. Um, we still need uh, people willing to pitch in with all of um, all of our talents and skills that we have, and just come and be be willing to work and work hard. And like you said, it is rewarded because we need good people with um, with the skills and backgrounds that they have. They bring all of that to. Um, to the events that they're volunteering at, and and now where I am as a, me- a media director at events, um, I similarly rely on these volunteers, and I'm just always astounded by, like you said, how many different people I get to meet, new people I get to meet, but how how um, people are just willing to pitch in and and be a part and do what they can to help out.
2: Yeah, and I think part of it is just our sport. Uh, you know, the 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 methodology that we follow in the communities that we have locally. It's those types of people that are really good at putting together events or working together and doing things. They kind of it's that it's that intangible. They get it. You know, you can tell someone what they need to do, and they just go off and get it done. And that's sort of I think that's the key to like a successful team is that you have all these people that you can rely on that just get shit done. You know, yeah.
0: I feel like um, the ethos of CrossFit of community and hard work really plays into that. So teams are built very easily and quickly up because everybody is like-minded. They're, they're willing to work hard and they care about the community. So it just, it makes for team building pretty, pretty easy.
1: So you went to the University of Georgia. Uh, it's mm-hmm. got to be a pretty happy year for you as the football team is dominating college athletics
0: that is what I hear. Uh, I did go to the University of Georgia. I was in the art school. I was in the photo lab my entire four years. So I did go to a football game once, but my family is a big, um, they're, they're big UGA fan. So they're excited and they tell me all the time. I did watch the game uh, last weekend. So I was at a little family reunion and my whole family is watching. So I got to watch that as <laughs> my first, first game of the season. It's really fun when they're winning.
1: So what was your major? Photography?
0: Yes, I have a bachelor's of fine arts in photography and mine was the last year that we did not have any digital cameras as a part. So I learned all on film, learned on black and white um, film, 35 millimeter. And then I worked my way up to medium and large format. And my final project was all shot with a medium format and color, um, learned how to process color film and color um, prints. So that's how I spent my
2: college years working on
0: composition, um, but a little bit in the retro way.
2: It's a lost art for sure. (laughs)
0: Yes, it's really, uh, it's difficult to get back into because there's just not many people processing the film these days, but uh, it makes you very intentional about your composition, which I feel grateful for.
1: Yeah, my, uh, my daughter is actually studying photography right now at the University of Ohio, Ohio University, I would say it backwards. Um, and uh, she actually collects vintage cameras. Um, that's kind of her hobby.
0: Fun, cool. Yeah, I've got several. My dad actually is who got me into into photography. I have memories of chasing trains. He's a train buff, and he likes to shoot um, slide film of trains. So I would hold the wheel. We would drive next to the train, going whatever you know, forty miles an hour, and he would hang out the window and take pictures of the trains while I while I held the wheel. So that was how I started. So I've got some some of his old cameras as well.
1: That's really cool. That is cool. So now the logical step is that you get a job in media, you studied media, um, and you go with Loud and Live. How did that connection come about?
0: Um, well, that, it took a while. I worked for headquarters just during the event. So just at regionals and at games, um, 16, 17, and 18 was the last year we had regionals. And then I worked games that uh, year as well on the broadcast team. Um, and then 2019, you know, was the um, the crazy sanctional year, um, and I went to five different sanctionals, um, and I just happened to like know people in all of them. The first one. That year um, was actually still in the end of 2018 was the beginning of that sanctional season was in Ireland and I had worked uh, with the Filthy 150 team as their lead photographer for a couple of years before that. So uh, when they put that together, I came in as um, a broadcast coordinator to help them, um, you know, put on a really great um, broadcast live stream. Uh, then I went to Dubai and again volunteered. I didn't know that many people. I knew people that were going, and I just got in contact with the people, the organizers, and said, "Hey, I'm here. Can I? How? What can I do? How can I help?" And and Dubai specifically, they're like, "Well, here's the keys to the kingdom. You uh, you can be the media director." you've got the social media let's go and so uh just kind of stepped into those roles because they needed to be filled and also uh like recognizing the trust that they put in me which was pretty awesome um so that was October December and then January I went to Waterpalooza and I helped co-produce the social media there they had a full-time um social media coordinator but I just helped her out um and then the next month, well, actually, after I did Waterpalooza in January, I moved to Tanzania with my family. Uh, my ex-husband was in the military and uh, we were, he was stationed there at the embassy. So I moved to Tanzania and then immediately went up to London to help with the broadcast coordination for SID, for strength and depth there. Um, did that on my way back to Africa, I stopped through Germany and got my level two certification um, with Carl Steadman, who's amazing. Um, and then I finished out that sanctional year working for, um, the Asia CrossFit championship. I can't even remember how I got connected with them. I'm pretty sure I called, called them and said, Hey, do you guys need me help? Uh, and they were like, yep, you can help also. You can be the media director. So I got to hire my team there, help a bunch of people learn how to get, um, visas to China, which was a fun, uh, fun challenge, um, and then went out and produced that, that media um, and helped with the broadcast there. They, had, they also had a live stream. So that was the last of the sanctionals that I helped with. But that was a, that was a highlight for me. That team was just amazing. Like seeing CrossFit in China was phenomenal. So cool. Um, so all of that is a backstory to answer your question about how I got involved with Loud and Live. Um, I had met Matt O'Keefe um throughout that whole time, and I'd actually met Dylan Malitsky, um, just by helping out the media team way back in 2016. He's you know one of the lead MCs for the game. So I'd met him through that. And we talked a little bit a couple of times about podcasts, and I love podcasts, so I wanted to help uh any any way I could with um they had a little Waza podcast that was starting up then. Um so I'd met them and they were interested in, in me working for them. Their media director had left and there was a hole in their organization and they needed somebody to fill it. So they pursued me. It took a few months to convince me to, to work full time for them. I actually had another job as the deputy director of communications for USA in Tanzania. So I had to turn that job down and go with uh, Loud and Live, but they were convincing. And um, yeah, Matt and Dylan just had a lot of, um, faith in me and trust that I could do the job well. And that is, um, it's pretty encouraging, but it's also, um, it was a fun challenge for me to take on. So that's how I got started with them.
1: And you've done all this while being a mom?
0: Yep. I have four kids. They're all teenagers. They're 15, 14, and I have twins that are 12. Um, So all that other stuff, you know, working as um, a contractor, basically for all those other events it was just event one event at a time just you know laser focus in on that event get it done um, go to the event make sure it's good help wrap up the media as as it was finishing and then move on to the next one. Um, Working full-time for Loud and Live Sports was the first full-time job I've had since um, since becoming a mom so it had been like a long gap in my employment. Luckily didn't have to like explain that to anyone Um, but I got to just jump in. Uh, The timing of that was quite Not traumatic, but it was dramatic. Um, I came on and I started with with Loud and Live in January, and we had Waterpalooza 2020. Um, So I had six weeks to get onboarded to learn everything, um, figure out how to do my job, and and take on all the stuff that is media and, and broadcast for Waterpalooza, which is a much different event than anything else that I've done.
1: Yeah. And so now you know why she was named one of the 14 most influential women in CrossFit. Um, She has spanned the globe and is just kicking ass everywhere she goes. So I wanna ask you this question. You know, CrossFit the sport is very equitable, men and women. Uh, Women get paid the same as men, they get the same spotlight on the floor. You are a woman in, in the business side of CrossFit. How do you sense that being from your perspective?
0: Um, Well, I definitely agree. It is definitely a draw to the sport of CrossFit that there is um, equality on the competition floor, having the prize purses always be the same from the beginning, having the airtime be the same for women and for men. It's, um, it's cool to see and it's fun to see that there isn't a, you know, a a huge difference like there is in the NBA and and WNBA. Um, As far as the business side goes, the truth is that there are not women in leadership positions anywhere in the sport at the very, at the very top. This is not, I don't think, you know, a criticism to CrossFit, uh, it's just a reality that this is true in, in our society as a whole and definitely true in sports, that it's a male-dominated um, industry and women as we gain experience and availability to work um, these long and hard hours and and um, the, the willingness to, to be part of these kind of male-dominated boardrooms and, and meetings and discussions, um, I think, as you can tell from that article, there are women that are coming up. They're just not there yet. Um, it is a difficult experience. I've had many, many difficult experiences and felt um, not, not as valued as some of my other um, counterparts, but I don't feel like it's been malicious. Like there's not, I haven't had really terrible experiences at all. It's just not there yet and we all have work to do and um giving women the opportunity to be in leadership i think i personally think women are fantastic leaders uh and great community builders um and i think as we get more opportunities that will it will change alongside um that with the rest of society so i oh go ahead
2: no, I've I found too that, um, and maybe not just in sport, but in other areas of maybe CrossFit or some other areas that I've touched on, That there's, there's sort of two kinds of women in leadership positions. Um, women that are sometimes intimidated by other women and aren't necessarily the best cheerleaders for them. And then there's other women who do what they can to build up other women you know, girls, girls kind of type, type ladies. And, Mm -hmm. you know, how is how important is that for you to be, you know, assuming you want to be the latter um, and not the former in the space? Like how is, how important is that to your front and center to some of the things that maybe you react to or or how you position yourself?
0: I mean, it's super important uh, for me. The first person that gave me an opportunity was Shelby Levy. She was a woman she saw, you know, uh, just a, so something in me and gave me the position. And um, I, I do feel like that is very important. As um, a media director, I have the opportunity to put people in front of cameras and behind cameras. Um, and I am constantly looking for, for qualified women to fill those roles. I think that it's an active choice that we have to make sometimes and we have to grow people into those roles so it's something that I'm constantly looking for is is on the lookout for other qualified women that are um, you know interested in the space and then I'm I'm very interested in developing developing them into um, to the personalities and to the talent that we want to see um, so that does more accurately our media more accurately reflects what we see on the competition floor
1: so I wanna make an editorial comment and cause it's my podcast and I, I can do that. And it does not reflect the, the, the opinions of these two. When I read that article, I thought it was great that you were recognized, but I took umbrage with the fact, I raise a, I'm raising a 20 year old daughter, right? And they, they titled it Women Making Waves. Why is it making waves? Why isn't it just that you are influential and that, because if that was written by about a man and they said making waves, men would take um offense to that
0: you know actually i didn't take offense to that part so it's interesting that you did um i'm not sure i think it's just you know it's it's bucking trends it's bucking what's normal what is established and so uh we are going to have to to make waves like the the status quo is flat And if women are going to change that, then it's going to make some waves. So I think it's all right. Uh, that, that specific phrase.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm the father of a 20 year old who's trying to get into the business and, and I did, I want it to be the norm. I don't want it to be, you know, that you're, you have to make waves. I want it to be the norm because when I've worked with you over this past season, like you're just Kristen, right? It's and, and you do your job well. And I want that recognized.
0: Well, I definitely appreciate the sentiment and, and your support. Um, I do see your point, though. Um, I do. I think that I don't do anything differently than a man does. I just do my work and work hard and um, try try and keep all the balls in the air and, and do all of the things that are required of me and, and do a little bit extra as well. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with me being a woman, um, but I think it's also OK for um, for people to call out that there are women in leadership. And I feel like that's why that article was, was important, was to show, hey, there are women here. We aren't in the leadership positions. We're not the CEOs. We're not the usual person on, on the mic talking for the organization. Um, but that might be changing.
1: Point taken. I, so, um, so you said balls in the air. This year, you were the director of of media for Granite Games and the West Coast Classic. Mm -hmm. Both events, first time as a semifinal, both events moving from their former locations. And both events hit with crazy weather the weekends we were there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with all of that, how crazy was it behind the scenes for you being the director of media?
0: Um, it was bananas. I did go through that list of sanctionals that I'd been involved in, and that was five, but that was five from October to May. Um, and, and these two were much different because they were two weeks apart. Um, also, we didn't really have the, the, the full green light to, to go until about six weeks before the first event. So the, the ramp up was very, very steep, having to hire everybody, make a plan, um, communicate what all the things that we needed to, to communicate, all working within the new season of CrossFit, trying to wrap our heads around what the season is, how it works, um, what the rules are, and then also trying to communicate that to our audience and help them to give a care because it's confusing. Um, so that was, it was, it was pretty intense. Um, again, the, the two weeks in between was not nearly enough time. It was about 10 days. And during that time, I went and produced a shoot for a for um, one of our marketing, our sports marketing clients um, during the one weekend I had off. Um, so it was just, uh, yeah, it was a lot. Unfortunately, there were not a ton of overlap in my teams. I have a, a solid team of contractors that goes with me wherever. Um, so they were there, which was great. But all of the other photographers, videographers, um, other people that, that um, make up the team, which in both of those locations was uh, about 30 people that was all different people. So I had to onboard everybody, um, teach them their roles, get them to work as a team and figure out how to pump out the media so that uh, people know what's going on.
1: And I didn't even mention the COVID rule changes changing every day leading up to both events.
0: Yeah, honestly, uh, we haven't talked about this, but so all of the that sanctional stuff, I did was in Miami in 2020, which I'm pretty sure well, never mind. I'm not going to say that. Um, I, I know an, what you're going to say,
2: and I totally was agree. An intense, yeah. <laughs>
0: it, was, it was an intense event. I came back from that event um, to, you know, COVID blowing up the world. Uh, we got locked down in Tanzania, um, and we we went um, loud and live. Matt O'Keefe spearheaded the United and Movement um, charity movement that we did within like two weeks, we went from zero to 24-hour live broadcast, bringing on over 60 um, guests from all over the world. The broadcast was produced in Amsterdam. We had hosts in um, all over the U.S., but um, Tommy and Sean were in, in California, and we coordinated all that live for 24 hours while I was in Tanzania. Um, that was probably the most intense uh, production I've ever been a part of than we did seven days of um, IG live uh, workouts with with all the big notable athletes um, and bringing together a lot of people from around the world and all the um, the big companies involved as well so there was we raised four hundred thousand dollars for for um, gyms and for a couple of charities that were supporting people in need during covid so that was a huge thing um, and then the other thing that we did during that covid timeline where there was no there were no live events was produced the, the trials finals, which was um, a, like a, a vision of mine and a, um, a desire of mine. I don't wanna say that was my vision, but I had this desire. I still have this desire within CrossFit broadcasts to be able to show um, everybody working at the same time. So the rogue uh, broadcast had happened and that was fantastic, and that we got to see live competition, even though everybody was, you know, in, in their homes, and they had the tiles up there so you could see all of the all of the athletes working. Um, but that the weakness of that, in my opinion, was still that the there was a producer in the truck that chose which storyline to to focus on. So we, he decided he wanted to see Pat Vellner lifting, and um, you know whoever else was lifting with them. So he would showed those two people. But the trials finals did the same thing except um, the viewers at home were able to log on on the, the website and then pick which athletes they wanted. So if they were watching one specific one and they just wanted to see that one athlete, they could. If they saw something happening between two athletes, like, oh, these, these people are really close, you could pick which two athletes you wanted to watch and watch them at the same time. I feel like this is an evolution in our sports, something that might need to happen eventually um, but it was, that was really fun and and cool thing to produce. We produced it from Miami. We actually developed a web app for that to happen at the same time, but that was all happening before West Coast and before Granite. So we haven't been idle and Loud and Live Sports has been uh, doing stuff the whole time.
1: Yeah, I love the trials. I thought it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Kat actually judged uh, for the trials.
2: Sweet. No, thank that was- you. That's it. That was that was a tall order, I will say. (laughs) (laughs) Having to count the reps, you know, while we were going through it was, but it was super innovative and it made a lot of sense. And it was fun to see how all of our work. Normally, when we do, you know, video review judging, it's you know you give your penalties and then nothing really comes of it or you're not really sure. This was you saw you got to see your work, you know, live as it as it was broadcast, which was pretty cool. Yeah,
0: the other thing about the trials that I loved was that it was waza esque and it's community feeling because we opened it up to age groups and there was not just the elite. Um, it was everybody got a chance at that at that big stage. So that was cool to be able to um, to have, you know, everybody be able to participate that wanted to. And then we also had um, commentators comment on every single heat, every single event. So if you were a, a part of the, the trials finals, you had the opportunity for Chase and Bill to, to comment on you <laughs> Are you doing your workout? Which to me sounds terrifying, but uh, might have might have been cool.
2: No, that was very cool. Um, what kind of role do you play at the games this year?
0: Um, well, uh, or so last the, my my history has been always um, stage managing for the broadcast. So I would stand next to um, to Chase and um, Bill, or to um, to Bill and Sean and Tanya and help manage that stage, make sure they have the information they need, go get the backstories from the athletes, um, and then just make sure that that they have what they need and everything set up well. Um, And then in 2019, when the media team was fired or let go or changed by CrossFit, um, everything just was super different. So I worked um, as an assistant publisher, right? um, With the director of media, who was Jonathan Haynes at that time, which was a cool leadership position for me because there was nobody there. There was only like eight people on staff there. Um, And I got to actually hire a couple of my friends who still work for, work for crossfit now um so that was what i did in 2019 um i set up their discord server which was really uh, a passion of mine i love mm-hmm. people being able to communicate and the, and the the media outlets having a place where they can communicate with each other i don't know if you guys are on that that discord yeah. server that was but helpful. that was yeah i loved that so that was 2019 um, 2020, uh, was the games that I've missed, which was really sad. It was out in Aromas. And then this past year, loud and live sports, um, supported Noble in their um, production as as being the title sponsor for the CrossFit Games. And so they helped with the production of the athlete check-in area, like the physical production of building it, making sure that all of those things worked um, seamlessly. And then also for their retail store and making sure that they had volunteers and people helping in all the ways that we could help. Um, So... Uh, with that, uh, after, after I came down from West Coast, which took a couple of days, honestly, to be able to talk to a human, uh, it's just an adrenaline crash after those two events, um, I started helping out the Noble team, the content um, team there. I was able to help with their um, project manage their, their large signage, those huge, awesome stickers that were on the Coliseum. Um, the, the, the entrance way that had a, a big photo of Tia. And then we also kitted out the, um, two of the hotels with, with elevator stickers and just making it look like the CrossFit games. So that was what I did leading up to the games. And then at the games, I just, um, was an assistant to the creative director. Um, their content team is fantastic. I really, really liked working with them because they're so, so professional and they have really honed in on what they want to capture and what they want to create. Um, but I know the space I knew, the games really well. So I was able to kind of help them decipher um, what it meant when the what when the the workout was published, you know, five minutes ago, how do they know where to go? How's it going to go? What's the flow? What what does this mean? Where should our camera people go? I got to help them interpret that and help direct uh, their team that way.
1: It had to feel good working with Noble on all of that creative and that got so much publicity afterwards. Um, everybody we talked to, the highlights were the check-in area, the signage on the, on the Coliseum, all of that stuff. And what's funny is one of those elevator stickers is in my gym right now. Sweet.
0: How did you take it off?
1: So it wasn't me. So my gym is owned by Christy O'Connell. Mm-hmm. And there was one of her on one of the elevators. Wait, didn't,
0: her, didn't her mom take it off? She did her mom and patrick that. yeah so so fabulous her That's mom
1: awesome. is her mom is crazy she's so <laughs> yeah. much fun
0: she's fantastic fit too. Um, yeah so fit um i to be clear i only came in at the last moment for those things like i just helped make sure that they they the project you know got delivered on time and installed on time um so it was it was definitely fun to be a part like a little part at the end but um it was it was great to be helpful in that way for sure
2: yeah Oh, go ahead, Kat. I was just going to say, so now we've got, you know, Wadapalooza is coming up again in January. It's not a sanctioned event. So Mm -hmm. how does that change? I mean, obviously all the planning's similar, but does it take a little bit of pressure off of you knowing that, you know, CrossFit's not quite over your shoulder, sort of managing that, or is it just the same and chaos will ensue no matter what?
0: Um, Well, it'll be chaotic for sure. I don't sleep. Uh, I'm not really looking forward to Christmas because um, once that hits, it'll be full full throttle. Um, it changes in that I don't have to worry about some of the complexity, um, some of the uh, the checks and balances that were there with the CrossFit Games. I don't have to um, be mindful of, but most of those are over my head. You know, that it doesn't have a lot to do with me. That has that's the organizational um, with Dylan and and Matt um, organizing the event itself. So it's not that different for me. Um, yeah.
1: And this year is the 10th anniversary. So Dude. it's a big celebration in Miami. Not that it's not a party every year, but I'm, yep. I'm guessing the party's going to be kicked up a notch.
0: Yeah, we're super excited to celebrate 10 years. Uh, Waterpalooza started as like a backyard throwdown, super tiny in 2012. Um, and it was just people getting together and, and having a little two-day throwdown. Um, there wasn't even enough elite athletes to make um, the podium have male and female Talena Fortunato podium alongside two other men. So um, it started really small and it's ramped up um, over the past 10 years into what it is today. And it's um, exciting for us to, to recognize where we've come from. Um, And I'm saying we, I've only been there for, you know, two years, but this will be my third um, but the, the original team is still there. Guido Trinidad, um, this is his his you know brainchild and his baby, um, alongside Dylan. But it, it was it was Guido's in the beginning, and he's coming back um, this year to help guide us, make sure that we um, you know are are, are on um, on track for keeping the, the original intent and vibe of of the event, and making sure that it's um, still all about the community. So it's really fun to have him involved and make sure. That um, we're you know keeping it true to our roots.
1: Talking to some people in Florida, like this is everything to them. This is as big as the games when you're from Florida, because it was it was that event that everybody went to every year, even before it got like huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you speak to that? How it's grown from that grassroots, and and it just keeps growing year after year <clears throat> after year.
0: Yeah, I think um, the reason that it has grown one of the reasons, many reasons that it's grown so much is um, that they initially took some risks. You know, there's a lot of community competitions, CrossFit competitions around the country, around the world, a lot, Um, and, and this one, the organizers, Guido, decided to take some risks with. Initially, they decided to have it outside. It's not covered, that's a little risky with weather, um, but it's one that's paid off because it really gives a really fun festival feel to go work out under the sun, to get in the water at, um, at Bayside. Um, and then that location is also was also a risk because it's not the cheapest location. It's not the biggest location. Um, there are restrictions with it, but putting it right there in the heart of Miami made it, um, what it it gives it that, that fun festival vibe and it allows the, the fitness community to to come together and celebrate what makes us who we are um, to celebrate you know crossfit and our and our, our focus on health and fitness in a really fun way like a music festival. And I feel like that's how it's different than some of the other events because it is about the competition. Competition is super important. Our programming team is uh, hard at work always um, coming up with the best program, but it's about so much more than that. And it is a unique opportunity because it is about more than the competition. It is different than the games in that way. It is about the community and um, and about supporting brands, you know, lots and lots of brands. It's the, the best opportunity that you have as a, a CrossFit fan or a CrossFit um, practitioner to go and experience these brands that are, that are supporting us, that are, are producing things for us in our fitness lives. Um, and you get to, the, the vendor village is not, a village, it's the entire festival. Um, so that is a, a really cool thing. And this year is is bigger than ever uh, with more vendors than ever. And um, if we've got a lot of fun things planned to, to help celebrate that. And a lot of that is coming from the partners themselves and from the brands uh, wanting to activate really fun and engaging ways so that it's about more than just shopping. It's uh, opportunities to meet athletes, it's spectator workouts where you get to work out with the best coaches in the sport. They're there and they offer free workouts right there. It's not on the stage, it's a little spectator workout area next to the water. But you can go um, you can go watch the competition, you can get your workout in, um, and then you can shop and eat healthy choices. And it's it's a really fun, inclusive festival that is more than than the competition.
1: So with this year leading up, a lot of the competitions that used to have. the the community feel with all of the age groups and all of the divisions. They've had to cancel that because COVID restricted them down to just what we need to do to get bare bones. The spectators have been growing as you move through the semifinals all the way to the games. And Mm -hmm. Vendor Village, to be honest, was like bare bones at the beginning of semifinals and Mm -hmm. wasn't really up to par even at the games yet because of the risk of COVID. You're saying bigger than it's ever been. Are we going to go full send on Wadapalooza and uh, big vendor village, all the age groups, all the divisions?
0: I'm telling you, there is not like a 10 by 10, 10 inch by 10 inch spot of Bayside, of Bayfront Park that is not accounted for. They, every single little piece of that park has a purpose and it's um it is yeah it's going to be the best and biggest that we've seen um as far as as that goes it is a full sold out event um I think there's a few little spaces in in the exhibitor spots still but they're they're being sought after so I don't want to misspeak but um much it's definitely um back to back to what it was pre-COVID which is exciting and will be a really fun experience for all of us that haven't been able to experience that um as far as our divisions we have more divisions than ever the biggest um, variety of divisions that we have um, we have all of our adaptive divisions um, which is super important to waterpalooza and has always been um, to include them not only as you know just part of the competition but they're on the same competition floor as the elite they're doing a similar workout like things are they're related um, and you have the opportunity to come see the elite and then 10 minutes later, see the adaptive, which is cool, which was really cool at the games, it was a unique thing at the games this year. And it's awesome to see the games picking that up, but it's true to the a heart for sure um, to have those adaptive divisions. But last year, oh, I don't wanna misspeak. Uh, I think it was last year was the first year we had a beginner division. So we're opening up the community divisions even more to include literally everybody, the competition, um, is pretty stiff to get into Waterpalooza. So there's Elite, RX, and there's Intermediate. And there are some complaints about how amazingly good the athletes in the Intermediate Division are, which is true. It's just the level of competition is raised. But we have added that Beginner Division for people that are just starting in the sport. Um, and it's an opportunity to, to throw down with the best.
1: Yeah, the Beginner Division was a game changer, I think for someone that's just getting into CrossFit to be able to compete on the Wadapalooza stage and might talk about drinking the Kool-Aid, man, you're getting it all by fire hose right then mm-hmm. and there. That's yep, so And cool. it's the
0: full, the full thing. They're getting three days of competition. It's not like, Oh, just do this little thing. You're doing it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So Wadapalooza has always been great about like all of the vibrant colors and all of like what Miami is right the lights mm-hmm. the DJs the music, all of that stuff are you doing anything special with all of that to celebrate the ten
0: years? Um, let me think what what do you mean um, I mean we are what's important, one important part of, uh, of what we do is transform Bayfront Park into Waterpalooza. We've, I've been to Bayfront Park. Um, actually, we, we had a little um, athlete summit in time. This is hard to pin down. I can't remember even when this was, a few months ago. Uh, maybe it was in September, it was in August. That's it was. Um, we had athlete summit in August, brought some athletes down to help us film our um, online qualifier workouts because those are elite athletes that don't um, qualify through the qualifier. So they got to help us Film those, and we took them to Bayfront, and they were like, "This is this is where Wadapalooza is. This is weird. Uh, this doesn't look anything like it." I'm like, "Yeah, this is where the stage is." And they're like, "Wow." Um, so my point is just that um, we transform that park. We spend a lot of time, and effort, and, and expense to um, to make the signage and make all of the um, all of the structures in make Bayfront into Wadapalooza So that this year it's going to be the same and we have some really fun things planned, um, some, some awesome photo opportunities where you really will be able to tell you are at Waterpalooza. Um, we did change up our, our logo this year, we re- reinvented it for the 10th anniversary. We've got 10 little stars around the size, just a little thing, but we're rethinking the look and feel to make it feel different and special this year. Um, And that'll be reflected in all of the signage and all of the the ways that Wadapalooza looks um, in person for the spectators as well.
1: You also sent out invites to some of the top athletes uh, in the sport um, that have had great performances at Wadapalooza. Was that intentional to make sure that you had people that you distinctly remember having great performances there?
0: We um, always, we have in the past few years um, invited elite athletes that and we we have like a, a structure for it. So we published this months ago on our on our blog, Who Gets an Invite to Waterpalooza? And it's basically determined by this past year's performance in different different ways from semifinals, um, from let me think, not quarterfinals, from semifinals and from um, from games performances. So we just had this formula. If you're the top thirty here, if you're if you if you went to the games, all of those people were invited. Um, Wadapalooza traditionally has had the best in the sport come and compete. It's a, it's opposite of the games in the season. So it's an opportunity to keep their, you know, competition um, juices flowing. This year is different. It's, it's different in that rogue Dubai and, and Waza were all kind of in the same time period, but it definitely plays a role in the season for those elite athletes to be able to come. Uh, and compete and we, we've always had the best uh, come to Waterpalooza so that this year is the same and we sent out those invites. We did something a little fun this year, um, a little bit different for the invites. We found, uh, we went through all of our archives have some, some fantastic people working um, with us that went through all of our photos, our historical photos and found um, photos of, of athletes at Wadapalooza and we got those printed on canvases and sent those out to those athletes with um, with their invite. And those athletes that haven't had the pleasure of being at Wadapalooza yet, um, we sent um, a really cool photo of Bayside, which is just really exciting. Like it's my favorite my favorite image of Wadapalooza is that Bayside stage. So um, that was the invite this year and hopefully, um, will have a, a fantastic roster. We haven't published that and we probably won't. We'll, we'll start to leak out the people that have um, accepted and have committed to being there, but it's already shaping up to be just as it is every year, a, a really great show of, of the top athletes in the sport.
1: So I know one thing that's returning is a three person team. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of complaints when that went away because that was kind of the fun competition that a lot of the elite athletes like to do because it took the pressure off that individual competition they just got to go have fun with their friends it's back how exciting is that for you all
0: i am i was so excited when we made that decision i love the team of three watching watching those teams compete is not like watching teams um compete at the games at the games it's serious it's business we're here to compete and win which they are at Wadapalooza as well but what's unique about the waterpalooza team competition and this is true for the elite and, and the other divisions is that you don't have to, you don't have to compete um, qualify to get there um, with the other athletes on your team in the same place. You can be, the three of us could be a team. We'd had to, we had to compete or we had to do com- complete the qualifier each and then all submit our videos. We don't have to be in the same place. We could be all over the world and then WASA is our opportunity to get together and have fun. And so for me, it was really fun in 2019 Um, seeing those athletes uh, get together and just like have a blast like they it's it's not that super serious feeling they're just having fun Um, it's not a a competition format that many of them are used to so they're playing around they're goofing around uh, they're doing their best they're the strongest in the sport anyways but it's it's just super fun so um, for for all the divisions I think the teams just have the most fun
1: so I've never been to Wadapalooza I don't think Kat has either. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What is your favorite thing about Wadapalooza and what do we need to do as soon as we get there?
0: Okay. You need to sign up for the gauntlet. Registration isn't open yet. I'm not joking. I might do it with you. Um, The gauntlet is a one-hour competition. So for me, I I explain it like um, a 5K is to a marathon. So Wadapalooza is the Boston Marathon. It's a long event, it's a commitment, you had to qualify all this stuff to get there. But the gauntlet is the 5k that you can just show up and run that day, you had a fun time, you can go uh, grab some snacks afterwards and then watch the competition. Um, So it's a one hour competition and you sign up for like a time slot, like, I don't know, Friday, Um, if I were you, I would do it earlier in the weekend, get it out of the way, feel good about yourself and (laughs) then enjoy the rest of the weekend. so sign up from Friday from eight to 11 or something. And then you'll be assigned, um, you know, a, a time to start eight fifteen, Um, and then there are a, a series of several workouts that will, um, that you go through. So you do like, I don't know, a 15 minute AMRAP and then a, a 10 minute workout and then another 15 minute workout with a small break in between, but it's just laid out on the floor. So you do one to the other and you go through. With the other ten people in your other nine people in your heat, I'm not actually sure how many. Um, and and then when you're done, you're done. We are having um, a a semifinals day the later in the weekend. I can't remember if it's Saturday or Sunday. I believe it's Saturday. So the top finishers, the the best, will get to do it again and and then compete for a podium for the gauntlet as well. But I just personally think it's a super fun inclusion. So it's even more about the community. Waterpalooza is even more about the community. Like we have all those divisions. We have thousands of athletes that come, but then all the spectators can also be athletes because guess what? We all are athletes. Like that's who we are anyways. So um, for me, the gauntlet is really, really fun and and cool. Um, So I think you should definitely do that. And then I think um, we'll have, we have a Waterpalooza app that I need to finish working on. Thanks for the reminder.
2: (laughs) Um,
0: We have an app that we'll have um live and there's a, a scavenger hunt on there which will be fun so you can like have a purpose in going to each of the stores you can get a little discount or something. But um also we'll have like push notifications on there. So when there are events where you can go meet athletes. Um, I would just have, I would be mindful of those popping up and looking at the schedule and seeing what you want to go do. There's gonna be a ton of opportunities to do different things and just taking advantage of all of them. It's not just the competition. I keep saying that. Um, but there are seminars that that um leading people in the in the sport will be hosting and then also those spectator workouts. If you wanna go see what what power monkey coaches sound like when they coach what is it like you can go watch them coach or you could be a part of their class there's just so many opportunities to do things that are beyond you know just sitting so I I don't that wasn't one answer to you but
1: you should do all the things I got it download the app and get ready to have fun (laughs)
2: yeah Yep. sure I want to talk a little bit um Kristen about your fitness you are doing a hundred burpees a day this year yeah I haven't done them today. (laughs) today. (laughs) Why and how? How did that come Um, about?
0: So, my friend Eric Botsford, um, he's the, uh, I don't know his title, he works for Hyrox. He's like the American, uh, the the coordinator for Hyrox in America, uh, director of Hyrox in America. Um, He was a host for us. We did a Renew You challenge during the pandemic as well. This was another like um, kind of weight loss and health mindfulness um, challenge, eight week challenge that we did on the waterpalooza channels. And we had a little app. Um, but he was a host for that. So I met him through that. And then I was following him on social. And I noticed that he and, um, he and a a couple of his buddies were doing a hundred pushups and 300 squats a day. And my pushups are terrible. It's one of those things like, I don't even need a gym for this. Why don't I do this often? (laughs) Um, and, uh, I texted him at some point and said, Whatever you're doing next year, I'm in, just let me know. Uh, I, I want to do it with you. I want the accountability. And he said, Cool. Uh, so, January 1st, he texts me and uh, we were getting ready for dinner. And he said it was 100 burpees. And I was like, Oh, great. <laughs> so, I did it that day and posted it. And I'm the kind of person that if I say I'm going to do something, I am going to do it. So, I said, You know, day one of 365, 100 burpees a day, 100 burpees day yeah uh and so then i've just stuck with it um it's been fun it's a great challenge and honestly this year if i hadn't had that i would not be in any kind. i don't feel like i'm in shape i would not be in any kind of shape Um, but with all of my traveling which has been a lot this year um, i have not been able to be as consistent in the gym since basically semifinals started so I've been thankful for that. And it's been really fun. Eric's super supportive. Um, I saw him at the games, we ran into each other. We had like seven minutes together. And so we did our burpees in six and then had a minute to chat and then we both had to part ways. But um, yeah, it's, it's just been fun. I've had people join me throughout the year. Um, people have joined me for a month at a time. Um, I have a friend that I haven't seen in 22 years, and she's not super into fitness, but wanted to was interested, and she's joining me for the last hundred days. My sister has joined me for the last half of the year, which is just it's really fun accountability, and I mean it's crazy, but now it's just like going for a walk.
2: Yeah, what's the? Uh, I know you've been traveling a ton, and and some of your posts are in you know not not opportune places. What's the what's the weirdest place you've had to do your burpees?
0: I don't know about weirdest. Uh, I do them in the airport often, uh, and my social producer was with me once in Denver, and I had her film me uh, doing them while we were waiting for my my flight, and it was very. I usually will find like a corner, you know, sure. um, and this was not and this was not a an unpopulated place, and she took a video of me doing it, and then panned <laughs> to the crowd, and there is like three people just like with their phones filming me. And that was pretty funny, um, but those those public places i did it uh i was waiting for an uber for like 30 minutes at midnight the other night and at, at, after i got off a flight and so i did it on the um waiting there in that car park and that was horrifying to my sister but
1: <laughs> i love it that's great speaking of all the travel to... you've mm-hmm. been all over the world where's your favorite place that you've ever been
0: Germany has my heart. I lived there as a child, a young child. I lived there as a teenager and that was kind of like my coming of age from like 12 to 15. So I was able, I had a ton of freedom. I went to high school an hour away from where I lived. So I was on trains and buses, um, Learned the language, love the culture. It makes sense to me. That's how I like first understood traffic is by German laws. Um, so, and then i lived there um, twice as an adult as well. And I just, I love Germany. Um, Africa and Tanzania is probably my my second favorite. I do have an affiliate in the Serengeti. um, And so I am actively trying to get back there.
2: Wow. That could be a whole nother podcast, I feel like.
0: (laughs) It should be. They're a fantastic organization.
2: Yeah. So Scott, I have a question for you. What do Kristen Chandler and Colton Mertens have in common? Oh, no. (laughs) I do not know. Their first ever podcast appearance is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Hey. Awesome. Great. Destined to greatness.
0: There is a, I thought, I thought you'd seen this photo. There was a very bad photo of me and Colton. Um, It is like, he he looks fine. I was like walking him off after an interview at Granite Games, and I just look, I think I just have a really terrible open mouth face or something. Uh, and I sent it to um, Make Wads Great Again, and he made a funny meme of it. And then he didn't publish it because I was like, oh no, I look terrible. <laughs> he's a sweetheart. I thought that's I your thought other answer then. Yeah. I'll have to send you that picture, Kev.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. We love, we actually had cold on right after the uh, trials
0: yeah oh, yeah because he won that he celebrated his victory yep awesome
1: it was his first one. We, we also had emily on right after too so we had we had them both perfect
2: on. thanks that's cool well we'd love to have you on again to, to dig a little bit deeper into that affiliate i think that's a great story as well that we just unfortunately don't have time to tell
0: right now <laughs> yeah this time has passed so quickly i was nervous about talking this long and i think i've talked too much so <laughs> you great. have
1: not you were perfect this was awesome thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule as you have demonstrated throughout this interview to
0: jump (laughs) on with us yeah thank you
1: thank you for joining us on the clydesdale fitness and friends podcast remember you can find us now on youtube as well as all major podcast platforms please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating thank you so much for joining us And we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.